0: Pastor Xavier Ruiz and the personification of wickedness.
1: Notice Yahweh calls the Antichrist wicked. The Antichrist will be the epitome of wickedness. He will be unfaithful to God by declaring himself God. That's why they crucified Jesus. He said, we don't stone you for any good deed that you've done, but because being a man, you make out yourself to be God. Yet this man will do exactly that, and the world will embrace him.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Whether here at home or abroad, be it politicians or the common people, it seems there's a constant quest for peace. Well, today, Pastor Xavier digs deep into the prophecies set in the book of Ezekiel and uproots a disaster which man will unfortunately mistake for peace. The discovery? There is only one kind of lasting peace that cannot be legislated. And right now, it's time for today's Simple Truth Study. Let's listen.
1: The message is entitled, The Profane Wicked Prince of Israel. The world mocks the very idea of an Antichrist, yet the Antichrist is a real person that has come upon the world scene. The worst of men that have preceded him are child's play compared to him. The Old Testament passage are at times, you know, Uh, proclaiming short-term and long-term fulfillments of prophecies. The prophecy to David in 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 16, promising the son, Solomon, to sit on the throne, short-term, long-term, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Well, Ezekiel the prophet gives us this little nugget here that I didn't want to confuse the message last time with, but I want to focus on it now. It's verse 25. It is short-term fulfillment of Zedekiah the king, which we saw, but long term it's talking about the Antichrist who is yet to come. Let me read here. He says, Now to you, O profane wicked prince of Israel, whose day has come, whose iniquity shall end. Ezekiel gives us here through a three-fold lens the description here of the Antichrist, in three ways. He gives us the character of the Antichrist in the first part of verse 25 there. Then he gives us the time of the Antichrist. And then he gives us the end of the Antichrist. So you have the character, the time, and the end of the Antichrist. A little nugget. In God's treasure chest. Let's begin here with the character of the Antichrist. Now to you, O profane wicked prince of Israel. Notice it is Yahweh who calls the Antichrist profane, depicting his animosity towards God. The word in the Hebrew, profane, means slain, fatally wounded, Pierced or defile. In fact, the word it's translated, slay, a total of 78 times. The word wounded ten times. The word profane three times, two times kill, and then one time slain, which is found in verse 29, just a few verses down. The root word means defile, pollute, or desecrate. When you do not honor the institution of marriage and you believe you can just live with each other or there's nothing wrong with fornication, you're profaning God's institution of marriage. You're taking something holy and making it common. That's a good example of profane. In Leviticus 19, 12, God says, and you shall not swear by my Name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord God. Associating something with God, using God, and then doing something that's corrupt. Now, notice the context of being profane. Remember the twofold fulfillment. Zedekiah the Antichrist here. Zedekiah had acted profane. Zedekiah made himself profane to God by being irreverent and allowing the temple to be defiled with idols. We saw that in Ezekiel 8, 9, 10, and 11. Zedekiah had made himself profane by taking an oath to Nebuchadnezzar in the name of Yahweh and then breaking the covenant. Now notice the Antichrist will be also acting profane. The long-term fulfillment. He will make himself profane to God by opposing and exalting himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, 2 Thessalonians 2.4 says. He will defile the temple of God that he himself will build for the Jews the first three and a half years and sitting in it as God, showing himself that he is God, again, 2 Thessalonians 2.4. So you see the short-term and long-term fulfillment of both of these guys. By the way, he also... Will at that time be profaned by breaking the covenant that He makes with the Jews in the middle of the tribulation. We'll get to it in Daniel 9:27. Jesus made mention of it in Matthew 24:15, the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet. Now, notice Yahweh calls the Antichrist wicked, also depicting his evil towards God and the people of God. The word wicked means one who is not righteous or upright in his conduct, one who is guilty. He could be guilty of a crime. He could be guilty of hostility towards God. He could be guilty of a sin against God or man. The context will always dictate. Remember the context again, twofold. Zedekiah was wicked as king. He was unfaithful to God and the people by depending on Egypt rather than repenting and obeying God through the prophets. The Antichrist will be the epitome of wickedness. He will be unfaithful to God by declaring himself God. That's why they crucified Jesus. He said, we don't, we don't stone you for any, any, any good deed that you've done, but because being a man, you make out yourself to be God. Yet this man will do exactly that, and the world will embrace him. He will demand that all worship him as God. He will kill the two prophets of God and allow his false prophet to promote him. Revelation eleven seventeen and sixteen thirteen. But then notice that Yahweh calls the Antichrist Prince of Israel. The prophet Daniel tells us that Israel will make a covenant with the Antichrist, which is an amazing thing in Daniel 9 27. Daniel 9, 24 to 26, you have the first 69 weeks. The 70th week is in verse 27. He shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offering. And the whole reference is the context with the Jews because from verse 24 all the way down, it's the nation of Israel. You can't ascribe it to anybody else. Arthur Pink has a book on the Antichrist, and um, he categorizes uh, the material that um, is in the Bible. Uh, I, I find it most interesting. Listen to it. He, the Antichrist, will be a genius. Daniel 9:20, he is described as a horn with eyes, meaning intelligence. He's going to be a wise man. Daniel 8:23, he understands dark sentences or sinister schemes perhaps in terms of solving difficult problems as we see it today in the world, but surely it's because of the aid of Satan, the prince of darkness, which gives him his power. He will be an orator, great speaker. He speaks great things or pompous words, Daniel 7.20 says. The people were astonished at the doctrine of Christ, so will they be at the Antichrist. He is an imitator, Matthew 7.28 tells us. He will be a political wizard. Daniel 11, 21, he obtains kingdoms by flattery. In Revelation 6, 2, as you remember, he conquers through diplomacy. He has a bow, but he has no arrows. Daniel 8, 25, he will be a commercial genius. This is the heart of the world. Money, money, money. And people spend and spend and spend. And anybody that promises that you will make money, they will vote for them, they will do anything. All these seminars to become a millionaire, you pay $500 for a weekend, they pay it. The only one getting rich is the guy who's collecting the money. Interesting. He will cause craft to prosper at his hand, Daniel 8.25. He will have power over the treasures of gold, silver, and precious things, Daniel 11.43. He solves problems of theft by a number. Revelation thirteen seventeen. Big problem today. Cyberspace. Before it was just money. Now it's theft, identity theft, which is more costly and hard to trace. He will be a military genius. Daniel eight twenty-four. 24. He will destroy the mighty and the holy people by the power of Satan. He will be unconquerable. Listen to the words. Who is able to make war with him? Revelation 13 4. He will be a governmental genius. Daniel 2 and 7 7. He is the head of the 10 toes of iron and clay, the 10 nation confederacy that will end up. He unites the kingdoms. Revelation 13 1 and 2. He receives their allegiance. Revelation 17:17. 17, 17. and he will be a religious monument. He sets himself up as God to be worship. He is admired and all the world wonders after the beast, Revelation 13:3. He demands worship, Revelation 13, 14 and 15. It's not an option. It's an obligation. It's a demand. If not, you die. The Bible has a long-running list of titles and names. For the Antichrist. By the way, the t- title Antichrist, we'll get to it a little bit more, is really given to us by John, not in the Old Testament. But that's kind of the title that has stuck with this man. But let me give you some. The, the Bible's full of information about him. Um, he is called the seed of the serpent, Genesis 3:15. The crooked serpent, Job 26:13, the bloody and deceitful man, Psalm 5:6, the man of the earth. Psalm ten eighteen. The mighty man, Psalm fifty two one, the adversary, Psalm seventy four, eight through ten, and lamentations four eleven through twelve. they head over the many countries, Psalm seventy four ten. The evil man, the violent man, Psalm one hundred forty, verse one, the wicked, Isaiah four eleven four. The king of Babylon, Isaiah fourteen, eleven through twenty, the spoiler, Devastator, Isaiah 6, 4. The destroyer of the Gentiles, Jeremiah 4, 7. The profane wicked prince of Israel, our text, Ezekiel twenty one twenty five, The prince of Tyre, we'll get to Ezekiel 28, 2 through 10. The prince of Meshach and Tubal, Ezekiel 38, 2. The little horn, Daniel seven twenty, The prince that shall come shall destroy, Daniel nine twenty six, The proud man. Habakkuk 2.5, the idol shepherd, Zechariah 11.17, the man of sin, son of perdition, 2 Thessalonians 2.3, the mystery of iniquity, 2 Thessalonians 2.7, the liar, 1 John 2.22, Abaddon, Apollyon, angel of the bottomless pit, dragon, old serpent, Revelation 9.11, the beast, Revelation 11.7. You need more material? The Bible is full of information about him, very specific. The character of the Antichrist is profane and wicked. Now, Ezekiel tells us the time of the Antichrist also, whose day has come. The time will be one of deception, for the prefix anti of the Antichrist has a double meaning, as you know and corresponds to the twofold office during the seven-year tribulation. The first meaning refers to the role of being in place of Christ instead of he comes as a false Christ. He will appear at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. The first three and a half years will be an acceptance of his person as Messiah instead of Christ. The Antichrist appears with a bow, as we've seen, no arrows, Revelation 6.2. So he conquers through diplomacy again. The Antichrist rules, and it will be proclaimed peace and safety. But the scriptures tell us that when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction shall come upon them as a thief in the night and a woman in travail, 1 Thessalonians 5.2. The cry of today is peace and safety. Let's all get along. And the more we say it, the less we do. Let's do it through diplomacy. It doesn't work when you're negotiating with liars. It doesn't work. The second meaning refers to his role of being against or opposed to Christ. The time will be in the middle of the 70th week of Daniel, as we've seen in the past. He will cause the daily oblation to cease, Daniel 9, 27, Matthew 24, 15, by the words of Jesus. The second meaning will be at the time, a terrible time. It'll become a reality. He will be against everything that stands for Christ and set himself up in the temple as God in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. When you share this information, people say, oh, you guys are crazy. You guys really believe this? It comes from the Bible. And we can certainly see it in history and we see where the world is going. The Antichrist will make an image of himself to be worshipped and have a PR man demanding that all his subjects receive his mark as Revelation 13, 16 through 18 says. Now they've already done all kinds of pilot programs giving people chips in their hand and some part in their body so that all their information is there and they don't have to carry money or anything else. They're using it all over. They do it for animals all over the place. They do it for cattle, ranchers, everything else. It will ultimately be the method and the system of the Antichrist. And I think it's a great system. I mean, no one's going to cut your hand off and go use it. You know what I mean? But the Bible tells us that God will remove his church before that time. Now, the Antichrist will come from the bottomless pit, the abuso or the shaft, Revelation 17:8). As much as Jesus came from heaven, being God and became a man, so the Antichrist will come directly from Satan. The dragon gives his power to him, for he is the son of perdition. Revelation thirteen two. The antichrist will be a resurrected man from a deadly head wound. Revelation thirteen three and four is very clear. In fact, the prophet Zechariah says that his right eye will be darkened and his right arm will wither. Zechariah eleven seventeen. So there's going to be an attempt on his life. And he's going to survive it. And that's when everybody says, who is able to make war against him? Now, the time of the Antichrist and the Tribulation had been mistaken by the Thessalonians, if you remember. And Paul the Apostle pinpoints exactly the time of his coming. It's an exhortation and a rebuke to them because they already knew that information and they allowed themselves to be deceived regarding that. Paul the Apostle writing to the Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. You can read it when you get home and I'll walk you through it. As you know, the context there that he's talking about is that they had been deceived how exactly, we don't know, but there are possibilities because he mentions by spirit, by word, or by letter. Let no man deceive you. So somebody had written a letter, perhaps. Someone had stood up and prophesied. Or someone had some some other thing. But they believed that the tribulation period had already begun. And Paul the apostle, from verse 1 and 2 down to 3, told them that that we're not to allow any man to deceive them. That's how he opens up. And he told them that that day, talking about the day of the seven-year tribulation, cannot come until there was a falling away first. I believe that that is a reference to the rapture. Not alone, but the removing of the church which will automatically cause a falling away from the faith because all that would be left on the earth will be those who aren't Christians. Now, Russia will attack Israel. Don't let Russia deceive you. She's not undone. (laughs) She has never stopped building arms. She will attack Israel. She will attack her right before the rapture, or right after the rapture, because that's what brings the Antichrist into the covenant. And God will destroy five, six of that Russian army. We'll get to it in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Paul also told them that the man of sin would be revealed then, the son of perdition, once the church is removed. You see, we are the only thing holding back the full influence of evil. Not that the world pays attention to us, but we're the ones who say abortion is wrong, this is wrong, that is wrong. We're a nuisance to them, but nevertheless, we're here. When the Lord removes His church, the Holy Spirit remains. The Holy Spirit is not removed. Don't let anybody ever tell you that because there's going to be the greatest revival during the tribulation, and people can only be saved through the Holy Spirit. The world doesn't pay attention to the Holy Spirit, but people who are saved do. So we're removed and all darkness is left here for the Antichrist to step in. This would mark the tribulation period which begins in Revelation 6 all the way to chapter 19. The church is not there. This is the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel 9.27. The times identified as the day of the Lord in 1 Thessalonians 5.2. So the rapture, the tribulation period, the day of the Lord, all happens simultaneously. Once the rapture takes place, it starts the other two. Paul also told him that sin will have its apex as this man of sin enters the temple and uh, he declares himself God. Jesus verifies that in Matthew twenty-four, fifteen, And so... We are the only ones that really are restraining evil in the world. Certainly our civil law isn't any longer. It keeps decriminalizing the law. And the ones who are put on trial at a court hearing are the victims, not the criminal. Jacob's trouble, Jeremiah 30 verse 7, a horrible time. Paul also told them that he would have all the power of Satan, signs, and wonders to be able to deceive those Jews and Gentiles who do not receive the love of the truth to be saved in that passage of 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10. Jesus confirms this in Matthew 24, 24. Remember that the Jews are the ones who make the covenant with the Antichrist. That's what's amazing in Daniel 9, 27. Jesus said, him you will receive. He will be one just like Christ, but not Christ. And finally, Paul tells them in verse 11 and 12 of that second chapter of Thessalonians that they were to know that for that very reason, God would send them strong delusions that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not Believe the truth, but at pleasure in unrighteousness. In other words, Jesus is saying this through Paul that it is very possible. I'm not telling you that it's the only interpretation of that verse, but I'm telling you that it's very possible that it's saying this that those who are alive right now during the church age and hear the gospel and keep rejecting it, once the rapture comes, many of those who have continually rejected will not be able to believe, he'll give them over to the lie. We certainly have confirmation of that in the Gospel of John, where it says, in the, regarding the Pharisees, and they could not believe. Not that they would not believe like before, but it says they could not believe. It's a very scary scripture.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese and a somber warning for those who continue to refuse the Gospel message. Now, there's still much more to come next time, but if you won't be able to tune in, you can always pick up a copy of this message, and the title to ask for is The Profane Wicked Prince of Israel. It's available on CD for only $4. And be sure and share this study with someone in your church or Bible study. So once again, the title to ask for is The Profane Wicked Prince of Israel, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing... Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. What is the forerunner of true peace? And that's coming up on our next look at the Word of God with Pastor Xavier Reese, right here on Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California